So the Neid of Yehuda was a great Paisik, a great Rav, a great leader in Prague in the 1700s. He lived from 1713 to 1793. His name was Rabbi Cheska Landa, but he was known by the name Neid of Yehuda after his Svarim of Shiloh Suchubas. People would ask him questions and he would respond. And that is a very classic uh, work called Neid of Yehuda. And um, so, and he was a great uh, Rav in, in the city of Prague for, uh, for many years. Um, and he writes in a, in, not in the Neid of Yehuda, but in a different sefer of his, that when we go through life and we have sometimes these dark, gloomy days. Right? Like, I don't want to complain, but maybe today was like that type of day so far for me. Maybe it'll turn around. But you have that, you know, sometimes you're feeling like it's a bad day. I wish I hadn't woken up this morning. Everything seems to be going wrong. Or sometimes it's more serious than like trivial things like I had today. Sometimes it's a, uh, you know health crisis or it's a financial crisis or it's some other you know thing that we're dealing with so what's the hashkafa like what should you think about during those difficult dark days so the nedvida says that there is a pasuk in tehillim the pasuk in tehillim in perik kuf mem zayin pasuk ches hamachase shamayim ba'avim we say that every morning by Sukkot Zimra. What does it mean? Hashem covers the heavens with clouds and prepares rain for the earth so that the hills will be green with grass. What does that mean? Again, Hashem covers the heavens with clouds. He makes sometimes clouds in the, in the world. There's such a thing as cloudy days. It's not just a, a metaphor. There is... You know, I mean, it's not just a, a modern-day metaphor. Clouds are clouds. Clouds are, are something that, um, you know, we'd love, we wish that the sky was blue and sunny every, at every day, but sometimes there are clouds, which means that sometimes there are gla- days that are very gloomy. So Hashem covers the heavens with clouds sometimes. He prepares rain for the earth. From the clouds are going to come rain. That's what happens with clouds. What's the point of this all? So the Pasuk ends, very good, so that the hills will be green with grass. When you see the beautiful hills with grass on it, how did that happen? It just happened in a vacuum? No, it happened because there were clouds. The clouds were suffused with, with moisture and with water, and it dropped water in the form of rain on the grass, on the ground, and that produced beautiful, beautiful grass. So stressful, uncertain times often prove to be blessings in disguise. Many times we go through hard days and we don't understand, like, why are you doing this to me, Hashem? Why are you testing me? Why do I have to have these types of things? Why can't it just be like a nice day? Everybody else, those are the two, worst, two most dangerous words in the English language, by the way. Everybody else, right? Because you know that everybody else is having a great day today. Everybody else has no problems. Everybody else is happy. Everybody else is able to enjoy their Shabbos and their Yantav. It's baloney. They're, they're having tzaras just like everybody else. But in our minds, we think everybody else has it so great, and I'm the one that's suffering. So the Nebuchadnezzar says that the Hashkafa is when you have a bad day, when you have a cloudy day, that's, 
it seems like, why, am I have, why do I have to go through this? What's the point of this all? We have Tainas Hashem, we get angry, like, why can't you make it just nice? Why couldn't it just be a nice day? Why do I have to deal with this garbage today? So you have to understand that some reason, we don't always understand it, sometimes you have to be able to go through the dark days, like you said before, in order to appreciate the sunny days, right? If every day is going to be sunshine, it's not, you're never going to enjoy sunshine. It's like that. Also, the dark days can make you stronger. Oh, very good. So besides for the fact that when you do have a good day, you should appreciate it, but the dark days give you that wherewithal, that armor, to be able to take on the real stresses of life. Because if a person goes through terrible struggles in life, even though they're really, really hard, but similar to like exercise where you, you know, where you have to like, what's the, what's the lesson by exercise? Um, no pain, no gain, thank you. If you don't have pain, you don't have a gain. If, you don't, if you're not able to endure simple stresses of life, or larger stresses in life, then when the super large stresses of life comes, we're not going to be able to deal with it. We're going to crumble. So you're building up muscles. Every time you go through something that's difficult, you're getting stronger. Whether you see it or not, you're getting stronger. And that trains a person to be able to be more resilient, to be stronger when things are really difficult and you need to have those muscles to get through it. If, you know, if, if a little thing you know, doesn't get you down, you're able to, to be good with it and move on. So then when you, you've just built muscles, you have the ability to learn from that. And now as life gets harder, you're going to be able to deal with the stresses of life in a much more healthy way. It's like the people who hit rock bottom usually become the strongest. Who? Like sometimes, like, I don't yep. know, it's like a thing. Like people who hit like rock bottom, oh, yeah. they just have like nothing going for them. Yeah. And then, like, That's how you bounce back. Yeah. My question is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, sometimes our suffering is self-inflicted, like as a result of the virus that we did. So I have a hard time like reconciling, thinking that our suffering is for the good, and it, if we are the ones who brought it upon ourselves. Right. So that's a great, great question. I think the simple answer to that is that. Hashem doesn't bring bad things on a person to punish them. When Hashem sends bad things, even if like we quote unquote brought it upon ourselves, he's not looking to say, okay, he wasn't, you know, he didn't do this, he spoke Lashonara, bam, I'm going to like make his life really crazy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us, that's the first step that we have to understand. And just like a parent doesn't want to punish a child, but if a child sometimes... Uh, requires a little, you know, a little, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little uh, reprimanding, a little education, a little upbringing, you know, it's not the end of the world. So then that patch that we give a child or that patch that Hashem gives us is also really designed to make us stronger. It's all for every time, even if we did bring it up, whatever the reason is, whether Hashem just made something in our life that's really hard, for just solely the reason that we should be stronger, we should build those muscles when we need it, or maybe we did do something that we're being, you know, that Hashem is bringing upon us uh, a way to feel pain so that we do tshuva. But both, either way, whatever the reason that it's coming upon us is, we could still take lessons from those moments in our life. We don't know why things happen. We, don't, we really don't. I mean, you're right. There are, a lot of times there is a, 
there is a quid pro quo. It is because we did something wrong. So Hashem, you know, is absent. A lot of times we know it, right? We could, we could tell. Some of you don't need to have a, uh, or a metumim, like in this week's parasha. You don't need to have some divine uh, ability to understand what Hashem wants. Something's very obvious, you know. All of a sudden, a person was looking at something that they weren't supposed to, and then they, their eyes start, you know, killing them. Or, you know, or they went somewhere, and then their feet... Sometimes you could figure that out. I used to, like, every time I spoke Lashonara or said something I wasn't supposed to, like, uncannily, there would be like a, like I had like a little, like, like a bump that started growing on the tip of my tongue. I, I wasn't like, I didn't have to run to him a couple to figure that out. I knew right away, okay, it's because I said, you know, like an hour ago, I just said something I shouldn't have. So Hashem is like sending me a message. But let's say that case. So Hashem is sending me a message. It hurts. So I get the message, but... Also, from the, the pain that I'm going through, I, I'm getting stronger. So Hashem, as part of the punishment, if you want to call it that, it's not really punishment, it's a way of leading us to tshuva, but there is also embedded in that the ability to make us strong. Hashem wants us to be stronger people. But obviously, it would have been better if we didn't, even though there was a good outcome, obviously it wouldn't have been better if we did that, the, the, the sin in the first place. Right. right. Right, right, that's true. But it could be that, you know, even if we had not sinned, maybe Hashem would have sent it to us, you know, in a different way maybe, but like, in order to get us stronger. Because at the end of the day, all the things that we're going through in life, Hashem wants, He cares about us. Like, we, we have to get out of our minds this image of Hashem as being like this angry God, vengeful God, just wanting, He can't wait to punish you, can't wait to throw us into Gehenna after we die. Like, we have to... You know, try to like look at God as a much more um, kind-hearted, loving Father that cares about us, that's looking out after us. And when we could do that, uh, then everything should get a different complexion in life. We should be able to suddenly see things uh, in a different, from a different vantage point. So that's the quote that I used in this thing: is uh, the cloudy day, the cloudy days of life, are forecasting a downpour of blessings from above. The cloudy days of life are forecasting a downpour of blessings from above. That's how we should be looking at those bad days. Don't say, oh, that's a terrible day. I wish I hadn't. There's, yes, I, a lot of days are, are looking like that sometimes, but there's a reason for it. We have to, just like we have to be tough in that when things are good, it's Hashem giving it to us. When things are bad, also part of be tough in is I have to believe that there's a reason for everything, and if Hashem made this happen to me at this time, even though he knows that it's, I don't need this right now. I really could do without, you know, this problem I'm having, this new wrinkle that just happened in my life. But there's a reason for it. And sometimes we're able to see that reason, not sometimes we can't, but like Hashem has a plan for everything. And very often it's to give us the resilience of, um, for, for the things that are ahead of, are, are ahead of us in life. And I, I, I said over by Tish on uh, Tu a story that I heard from uh, Rav Avram Chorsky. I think by uh, Abraham Chorsky is like the famous psychologist. So I think I quoted it instead. I think I named him Aaron Chorsky, but his name is uh, Abraham Chorsky. He's a very famous, he was Nifter, I think, during COVID, but he's a very famous psychiatrist. Anyone ever hear? He wrote about 80 books. And uh, he specialized in addiction. He once said famously that he's also an addict. He's addicted to writing books. Everybody has their own addictions. Like, 
It's an addiction like any other addiction. Like if you can, I have it a little bit also. Like you finish one book, you can never like rest. You're always you're working. What's what's your next book? You know what's what what else do you have up your sleeve? And um, so he said he was once in a dentist's office, and he was reading an article in one of the magazines that were there, and he read about a lobster. A lobster was, you know, those lobster, those big, ugly, like red things that people eat a lot of, right? And um, and you wonder, like, how could a guy eat that? Even it looks gross, right? But anyway, apparently it must be good because the whole world. It what it looks disgusting, right? It looks, so good. it looks good, really. It's so bad. I think it looks delicious. Really? Yeah. Oysters also look disgusting. Not 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 the cooking process, but the actual. Look at the meat, post cooking. Yeah, all right, man. I'm listening. You're not. You're you're in the majority because. Yeah, apparently a lot of people are on your team. Look even worse. Yeah, I don't know how people eat that stuff. Anyway. Like the shell oysters. Yeah. Anyway, so 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 how so how does so the question is how does mussels how does how does a uh, a lobster grow like because the lobster has these like very thick shells around them, right? So imagine if you're a baby and you're like stuck inside of a shell, you know, how do you grow? So this is what the article is about. Basically, it goes behind like a rock under the water, so it's not vulnerable to other sea creatures, and it sheds, like when it feels like that agitation, like it's outgrowing its shell, it goes behind the rock, it sheds that shell, and then it stays there, and then it grows like a brand new shell that's like a larger size. So it goes from small to medium to large to extra large, and then you... What? Is that what Travis said this? This is a, by Abraham Chorsky. Is it like a famous, like, mushroom? Could be. So, uh, it could be. So, so he says that, he says that's what, that's how we grow as well. We grow like that also. Like, you have, in order to grow... You need to have agitation. You need to have like that feeling like I'm constrained and boom, and now I grow. I, and that's why I'm now going to take that agitation. I could either let it kill me or I could, I could throw off my shackles and then get to the next level of life. That's the muscle of, of uh, Abraham Torres said. Like, you, you know, sometimes like we try to protect our children. We don't want our children ever to get sick. We don't want our children ever to uh, get hurt. We don't want our children ever to have anybody in their class that says something bad to them. It's normal. That's parenting, right? You want your child to be like this, you know, uh, this, this perfect uh, specimen of human being that never has any agitation, never has any irritation, that just like, you know, marches through life on a cloud. Like everything is the Parnassus there, and we have to make sure that he gets into the right school, and there's never any challenges for the child. That's, he says that that's, that's not a good way to raise a child, because if a child never has any conflict, if there's no agitation, if there's no irrita- irritants in life, they're never going to grow. They'll maybe get physically bigger, but their emotional level is going to be halted. It's going to be stunted. And so not saying that we should always like, uh, you know, make, make sure our children have a difficult life, we want to have it. But if sometimes it happens that a child uh, doesn't get into the camp that they wanted or, or gets into a fight with somebody or doesn't get 100 on the test. You know, to start making a Muhammad, to start saying, you know, terrible teacher, terrible class, terrible... The child has to learn to develop their own set of muscles and, and that's how they grow. If they, if they see that, like, they did really bad on a test, so maybe that'll 
motivate them to study a lot harder next time. If they see that kids are being mean to them, maybe that'll make us uh, more uh, sensitive to other people. We're not going to bully other people, maybe because we were bullied ourselves. Every experience that we have that we have in life and that we have to undergo is a great learning lesson if we're able to look at it that way. If we just say, I can't deal with this, and a lot of times we do that, you know, I can't deal with this, I'm done, I'm finished, I'm, you know, I can't do that, that, that's a very bad attitude to life. Life should be that I'm, you know, yes, I'm going through a hard patch of time, yes, I wish things would be much easier for me, it's difficult, but first of all, you have to know it could always be worse. It's a very big insight in life. Life could, as much as we think that we're going through a lot, and maybe we are, and each of us in this room have our own personal nisanis that nobody knows about, whether it's public, private, medical, social, financial, parents, children, grandchildren, whatever. Everybody has got their own issues that we don't know about, Baruch Hashem. And, but, so, you know, but there are many people that have it so much worse. People that are laying in a hospital, or they're uh, they're in wheelchairs, or they have uh, you know siblings or parents or whatever that are not not well, or they have crazy things are out in the world. So it could always be worse. That that should always be an achama to us. If we if we're able to sit in a chair and and eat on our own and walk and talk and hear, and we're we're already very very fortunate. But besides for that, we have to recognize that if Hashem put us through something, it's, you know, it might be because, like you said, he, we did something wrong. Can't argue with that. Maybe yes, maybe no. But regardless, even if we did something wrong, He's sending it to us in order to allow us to grow from that experience. So we'll get stronger. We'll maybe build our bitachin muscles from it, build our ashkacha pratis eyes, build our ability to, to commiserate with people more because now we've been through this. And the more that we're able to, uh, you know, undergo such challenges and live to talk about it, live to tell about it, it's really ultimately for the better, for the betterment of ourselves and the people around us. Let's do one more. Anyone have any comments or things to add to that? Okay, let's see one more piece. Try to find something a little bit related to that. Um, okay, this is a good one. It's by the Ribnitzer Rebbe. The Ribnitzer is uh, one of the great Gedailim, great Sadikim of the past uh, 50 years. He's buried in Muncie, New York. If you ever go up to Muncie, I highly recommend, and I've recommended it in the past, to go visit... It's in something called the Vizhnitzer Beis HaChaim. It just weighs Vizhnitz Beis HaChaim, and it'll take you to Muncie on the 306, I think it is, and um, you'll find it, because there's a ton of other people going there, davening by the Ribnitzer. He was a great tzaddik, uh, one of the biggest tzaddikim that ever walked in America, and they're Yeshua. So if you need Yeshua, if you need something that you're in, in your life, whether it's a shidduch or a parnasla or a job or... or getting along with whatever it is, it's always a good thing to go to a place that, you know, there are experienced uh, tzaddikim that, could, that you could dive in there and, and hopefully find the Yeshua's that you need. I know that I, um, I think I told over the story more than once, there was something that I was waiting for I needed very badly. I went to the Ribnitzer's kever. I was waiting for like months for, to get an answer from somebody. So he was supposed to call me about a, you know, a certain thing that I requested. 
and uh, I didn't hear from them. I went to the Ribbon Tzvi, not necessarily to ask about that, but within 20 minutes of leaving the Ribbon Tzvi's cafe, the phone rang and the guy agreed to do what I, what I want. It was not like it was a day before and a day after. It was like literally months. So I, I've seen personal Yeshuas and a lot of people have as well. It's always very packed over there, especially on his yard site or certain special days of the year. So the Ribnitzer, and this I heard from his assistant. He says, I didn't read this in a book. There was, he has an assistant who I'm, I'm close with, and he, um, he was once asked by this Shamish, who is your best friend? The Ribnitzer wanted, this is what he looked like. Who is your best friend? So the, uh, the Shamish said, an answer, he said, he said uh, Chaim is a good friend of mine. He says, no. He says, the Rebbe corrected him, stating emphatically that no one is closer to you or loves you more than the one above. Hashem is your best friend. No matter who you think, if you make a list of like all your friends, your parents, your grandparents, your, your, your roommates, your chavrusas, your friends from Israel, your friends from America, you know, your high school, your elementary school, the kindergarten, all of your friends and you put them in one, you know, you combine them as one, they don't even come close. There's not even like a, a, a speck compared to the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch how much He loves us. You have no better friend in the world than the one above. Direct quote from the Ribbon sir. And this is sort of ties in very nicely with what we were talking about before because you said that, you know, how do you know it's not for our, our Averis? We did something wrong. This that might be true, but... If HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sending it, and he's your best friend, and he's, your, he's the Avinash Veshamayim, he's the Father in Heaven who cares about it, who loves us, he, he's, so you have to believe that he's doing everything for a reason. There's nothing, if, if you're lying in bed and saying, I am so sick, it must be because I just spoke Lashon Hara, and now I'm being punished. That's the wrong attitude. Because even if that is, the, we don't know if that is or it isn't, but let's say we do for sure. That's not a reason to get mad at Hashem. There's a reason why Hashem sent it, because he loves us, he's our best friend, and he's trying to help us in some way. It could be just immediately, just by the, the amount of pain that we're going through is a kapara for the Abir. That itself is a big help. But it's very often deeper than that. It's just HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving us those muscles that we're going to need. We're going to need to be strong in life. It's a long life. It's a sometimes very challenging life. And we, need to, we can't be these people that are too soft. If we're too soft, then we're not going to be able to accomplish what we need. We're not going to be able to get to storm all the, 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 the dark days. And so if we're able to build up resistance to things, we're able to, to really shed that shell and, and grow with the agitation that we're going through, that's a, great, uh, that's a great midah that we'll be able to take with us in life. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu is our best friend, Whatever he's doing is for us, is for our good. And the, the dark days of life, those cloudy, gray, ugly days, you just say, I hate this, this is awful. Just wait, because that is going to lead you to, uh, to greener pastures. The beautiful parts of life are ahead, but you need sometimes to go through these challenging times in order to get there. A lot of times I feel that way. A lot of times, like if, I, if I'm going through a bad day, I tell myself that brace for a good day. Today maybe was a very bad day, but tomorrow is going to be a great day. Because of the night of Yehuda. 
you know, you had the gray skies were in order to make me, like you said, appreciate the, the good days. Tomorrow's going to be a good day because tomorrow everything will be fine. I'll be happy. Either relative to how bad it was today, it'll be, it'll be much better. Or because, I, like you said, I learned from today. I, I, I took it in. I took experiences and I'm going to grow from those experiences. So tomorrow it's going to be, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be bigger. If I'm bigger, I'm going to be able to, to weather anything that tomorrow brings in a much easier and more successful manner. Okay, I'm going to say that.